my beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we hear Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting near the tomb, watching, bewildered. Last week we talked about the events that brought all this into motion. How the whole city was a powder keg ready to go off. There was already an insurrection attempted by Barabbas. The Roman soldiers were on high alert. The Jewish authorities and the Jews themselves were already nervous. And zealots wanted to fight back. And Jesus brings in this large entourage and everyone starts saying, Hosanna in the highest Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the people are thinking, this is our deliverance. Very soon, very, very soon, Jerusalem will be liberated. And we see the people becoming agitated, stirred up, enraged. When the passions are allowed to run untethered, with no bit in the mouth, allowed to run to its full extent, it leads to murder. Because murder is about power. And the greatest power is to have the power over the life of the nether and take it. This is where we find ourselves today. Throughout the course of man's fall, he's been on the hunt for power. He's wanted to take life to show that he has the power to do it. His whole life is taken up into a rage of passion, culminating to this point tonight. Man, since his fall, inspired by the devil, has wanted to kill God because man wanted to be his own God. So tonight was the chance, this day I should say. Finally the opportunity had arisen. The devils were all in cahoots with each other inspiring man along. The fire had been lit. The passions enraged. Good, sound men began to lie, defame, and try in every imaginable way to put God to death. They thought they were dealing with a man, but he had shown them by his actions that he was also God. And so these passions, raging as they did, spit at him, slapped his face, found his head with thorns, 
beat him with a rig, a reed, scourged him mercilessly, drug him out of the city, took him to a pit, nailed him to wood, and hung him up. They were enraged, and it kept building on each other. It just got worse and worse and worse. The whole of sinful humanity at this point was laying everything they could. Every sin conceivable was laid upon him when he hung on that tree. Humanity spared nothing. It wanted everything. And so, there the Son of Man hung, beaten, abandoned, betrayed, denied. But God would have the upper hand. As the Word of God in the flesh hung on the cross, bleeding profusely, it begged for our forgiveness. It begged for our redemption. It begged for our return to paradise. And as that tree was planted into the ground with our Lord on it. Something amazing happened. But what, or who, or how, or why, did God just not destroy us all? Had He not had enough? It was already one time that He did. That with Noah to survive. But we just got worse and just got worse and worse and worse. When I was at the monastery, maybe six, seven years now, one of the men was being tonsured to a rasifor. That's just as he's making, gets tonsured um, and goes through period of discernment before going to final vows or stratus for a monk. And there on the wall of the chapel was an icon that my predecessor, Father Joseph, had painted. And while we were there, we had arrived that afternoon, Father Joseph informed myself and the other priests that he wanted us to say something that night at Vespers, about what was taking place. And I'm thinking to myself, I've got an hour. This is my own Golgotha. So I sat there in the chapel, and I happened to notice across it was this icon. It was an icon of a monk nailed to a cross. And arrows shooting at the monk, which represented the passion. And I got to thinking to myself, my goodness, that is it. 
Because that monk is a model of Christ. And what is Christ doing on that cross? And so in the brief words I could say from that stony ledge was that as the monk, so is Christ. He's fashioned that cross with three things. In one arm, one hand, he is fashioned with obedience. With the other, he's fashioned with humility. And the third, he's fashioned, fashioned, fastened with love. And love supports everything else. So as we see Christ hanging on the tree, we don't just see a man, but we see God and what God does. God wanted to save and redeem you and I who had no reason to be redeemed. We were so far off that He would send His Son. In order to do it and accomplish it perfectly as only God could do, His Son had to take flesh from a virgin woman. Because God could not suffer and God could not die. So he had to have a flesh to suffer. He had to have a flesh to die in. And it is that flesh that was nailed to the tree out of obedience to the Father's will, out of humility by lowering himself and taking the form of a slave, and out of love for the Father and for you and I. And as he is there fashioned, Bleeding, weary. He offers those, those words of forgiveness. And as he begins to expire his last breath, the magnificent happens. In our icons, our tradition, the cross is always above the soul of Adam. And in many icons, not all, there's lettering. We're all familiar with the letter, the king of the Jews in different languages up above. But what you will find, and it's on my ordination blessing cross, letters down below. In the English, you'll see two letters, GG. And it refers to the Mount of Golgotha. You'll see down by the skull of Adam, the letters G-A, which refers to Adam. But then you will see four other letters. M-L-R-B. And what this refers to is that the place of skull has become paradise. The place of skull has become paradise. For as St. John Chrysostom says, Adam was in paradise and made it a place of death. Christ was in a place of death and made it paradise. 
This took place because of obedience, humility, and love. And he offers it to every one of us. Whether we accept it or not does not matter. It's the gift that he has given us. The forgiveness of sins and the death that would bring about our new life in him. So now we are in the place that was once death and has become paradise. And we have hope. As sad as this night is, and as we lament tonight, through the night, and in the morrow, our lamenting is tinged with hope and with joy. Because the one who is fastened with obedience, humility, and love would rise again and bring all things into himself.